Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is out this week. He'll be back on Monday. Thank you so much for being here. It's another indictment day, Scott. Yes, it is. Yes, shoot up a rocket. Here we go again. Here we go. Special yep. counsel Jack Smith, noted Subway fan, if you were paying attention to CNN oh, a few that's weeks right. ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has indicted Donald Trump again, this time related to his actions after the 2020 election he's being charged with conspiracy to defraud the united states conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding obstruction of an attempt to obstruct an official proceeding and conspiracy against rights basically jack smith is alleging that uh donald trump organized the capitol riot on january 6th of 2021 Uh, and to really boil it down it's because trump claimed there was fraud he was wanting people to look for fraud and rectify the situation, and apparently he broke the law. That's according to Jack Smith, not me. I mean, the, all of this is painfully obvious to anyone with two brain cells to rub together. I mean, this is a uh, a political attack. No other lawmaker would ever be charged with anything like this. And, I mean, what else can you say about it? We know this game. We know what this is all about. It's not a coincidence that all of these indictments are coming down with just over a year before the next presidential election as the primary process is uh, getting geared up in earnest now. The first Republican debate coming up later this month. I mean, everybody knows what this is. Uh, The real disagreement is whether or not it's a good thing. And, And to me, I think really, if you take a step back and take your personal feelings about Donald Trump out of the equation... Is this a healthy thing for the republic or not? And I, I think most honest people will say, no, it's not. And it opens up quite a Pandora's box moving forward. Because, again, all the liberals that are excited about this, remember, eventually the people that you hate will take power again. Now, you can rest assured that the current crop of Republicans will do absolutely nothing about it. <laughs> But no. you might actually finally find somebody who is willing to take it right to you. And Donald Trump I, could still be president. I mean, that well, you got to remember that. Yeah, he, well, he, yes. He very well could uh, still win an election. So He's currently tied with Slow Joe. Yeah, I mean, there's... <clears throat> they're in a dead heat right now. No matter what, no matter who's running, it's going to be pretty close in 2024. So, again... Maybe pump the brakes on this one, but liberals aren't going to do that because they really don't think about what's next very often. It's just <laughs> relentless attacks against their enemies. That's what it is. Um, I just can't help when I hear this guy's name, Special Counsel Jack Smith. It's like everybody in the world has either known or worked for a guy named Jack Smith at yeah. some point in time in your life. Right. And that. I think that's why it's like, all right, we don't want any confusion about it because for a long time, I mean, even up until the day the Mueller report dropped, people were still calling him Robert Mueller. (laughs) And so it's like, okay, we'll get an easy name. All right. We're not going to worry about, you know, David Weiss, Weiss, whatever. We're not going to worry about hard names. Find me a guy named Jack Smith Smith. (laughs) or Tom Jones 
or His something real name like is that. probably Thaddeus Grabarkowitz, but, you know, <laughs> they've changed it. So Trump's lawyer, John Loro, was on Fox News and said, and I, really, you read the indictment, and, and I think this is a pretty logical conclusion, that that this is about criminalizing Donald Trump's free speech. Yeah. That's really what it comes down to here, because that that's the central thesis, is that because he was saying things, he committed fraud. Well, that, that, that's not generally how this works. But here, here is, uh, again, this is John Loro, the lawyer for Donald Trump in this case. And what they've really done is invited now a relitigation of 2020, but this time in a criminal court, which is unprecedented. No sitting president has ever been criminally charged for his views, for taking a position. And by the way, is there any doubt there's two systems of justice in the United States? Was Hillary Clinton prosecuted for the Russian hoax? Were, were those individuals who said, don't worry about the Biden, uh, the, the Biden laptop because it's just Russian disinformation, are they being prosecuted? No. Only one person in America is being prosecuted for his political beliefs. And that should send a chill, a warning to every single American who one day wants to get up and say, this is what I believe in. I disagree with the Biden administration, but these are the beliefs I have. Because every person who does that now is subject to a potential criminal case. Well, and anybody who's a threat to the current regime. Yeah, I, I think that's that's been demonstrated here because, you know, the comparison to Hillary Clinton, I think, is, is pretty good. We know that her campaign did shop around this Russian collusion thing, the whole idea of the, the P-tape and all of that. The White House was briefed on it. They knew it was the quote-unquote Clinton operation, and yet the FBI opened up counterintelligence investigations anyway, knowing that it was all a bunch of BS. Yeah. And how many people went to jail for that? You're telling me that's legal, but him calling people in Arizona to ask for... Uh, favors when it comes to investigating potential voter fraud, that's apparently criminal. Give me a freaking break. I mean, <laughs> I, that, that, that's absurd on its face that, that you can manipulate the FBI and the intelligence agencies and you can actually use them to smear and try to take down a political opponent. No problem whatsoever. Perfectly legal. Nothing you can do about it. But in Donald Trump's case, because he had Rudy Giuliani running around the, the country, you know, with his hair melting off his head. <laughs> An idiot. Because yeah. uh, apparently that is this horrible <laughs> conspiracy to try to defraud the United States. Yeah, that's the real crime. The hair yeah, dye. all right. Yeah. Well, I mean, the real crime really is. I mean, Rudy Giuliani should be in, indicted for the bad dye job, honestly. Yeah, I agree. That's, uh, or at least and, his hairdresser should. Did you see this guy on the Today Show? Uh, Loro, the Trump's yeah. lawyer? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't think he was going to get a word in edgewise. No, for a Savannah while. Guthrie kept in her. Just inter went at him, yeah. man. Yeah, combative, they, combative, combative, man. Well, because to them, they think that Donald Trump is absolutely guilty of whatever. So whatever crime he's accused of, he should go to prison for it. I mean, the guy is facing at this point, if convicted on everything that he's facing so far, plus if he gets the maximum sentences allowed, you're talking about like 560 years in prison. Right. For what? Well, Savannah was Savannah. That's why I asked if that was from the same clip from the same show. No, no, because no. It, that was a clean clip. I, what yeah. I just heard. I don't know if there were any from the Today Show. No, that that was uh, Brett Bear on Fox News interview. It was it was it was a, it was unreal. Yeah. 
she went at him hard, man. Mm-hmm. Yep. I just kept interrupting him over and over and over again. <laughs> right. It was wild. Yeah, it is. Uh, all right. In other news, and this is big news, too, illegal border crossings jumped 30% in July. Well, that's impossible. That's a lie. That's a total, complete lie. The border is closed. I've heard it time and time again. And actually, it, the, the numbers are down. We heard that, too. Yeah, so that's a big setback for the new Biden border plan, which I'm not really sure what that plan was outside of let everybody in. I mean, for crying out loud, with the buoys in, in the Rio Grande in South Texas, you know, they're already suing the state of Texas for putting in this floating border wall thing. And now they got the uh, fish and wildlife people suddenly declaring that this species of mussels is endangered so you got to move the barrier right <laughs> i mean they are doing everything possible to make this crisis worse and the only reason the numbers kind of went down at least on paper is because they just recategorized how people are counted when they come into the country hey you sign up on this app the border one or whatever they call it you you sign up on this thing tell us you're coming and uh, you can Come on in, lickety-split. You can work two years, uh, legally at least, uh, in this country. Yeah, light reflecting off the buoys also increases the ozone layer. <laughs> <I don't... laughs> this you must be stopped. <laughs> you know what Greg Abbott should do about those buoys? The guy needs to put solar panels and windmills on them. Oh, yeah. And then say, yeah. we are generating clean power. Are you against clean power? Put a, yeah. put, you know, put, put a couple of fans on it, too, to, to pick up water to generate you know, sure. I, I like I, I like the idea. Okay. Yeah. You just have to do that. Yes. Uh, and then you just call out the Biden administration for trying to kill Mother Earth. Do you know that it's hot <laughs> in, in August in South Texas? Yeah. Pretty you hot. want it to get cooler? Well, you better let Greg Abbott put solar panels on the buoys. <laughs> on the buoys. <laughs> um, but to your point, when you said, "Well, that's not possible," right? Right. Not possible that we've had a thirty percent. You're no. talking about. In one sector only, Tucson sector, Arizona, 40,000 people crossing the border. And that's in wow. addition to 50,000 people yeah. who just got, uh, who, who got recategorized as legal entrants by the, uh, by the Biden administration. They're cooking the books and it still looks bad. Because it is bad. It's a disaster. And to your point, when you say, well, it's impossible. I mean, I just want to trot out this little montage from, well, really just the last few months about how the border is secure, sir. My Republican colleagues claim that the border is open. Is the border open, Mr. Secretary? No, it is not. Do you continue to maintain that the border is secure? Yes, and we are working day in and day out to enhance its security. The border is secure. Let me be clear. The border is not open. And as you see, as I just laid out, our plan is indeed working. My extreme MAGA Republican colleagues, they create a fictional argument around What's happening at the border? We're executing a comprehensive strategy to secure our borders. We should be saying, okay, that's a good job there. The border's not open, and to say so is not only false, but it's really an insult to the brave men and women of the Border Patrol who work every day to keep us safe. No, it's an insult to the brave men and women of the Border Patrol to tell them that the border is secure. You're not letting them do their jobs, or Biden's not letting them do their jobs. And then when somebody no. tries to do your job for you, like Governor Abbott, you sue him. It's clear. But, I mean, they, they want this to happen because if you didn't want it to happen, what would you do differently? <laughs> I mean, it, the gaslighting is something unparalleled. Yeah. 
They've been saying this for months now. Mm-hmm. It's closed. And every every month that goes by, there's more crossings. You say, well, they can't be closed. What? Are you telling me what I'm seeing with my own lion eyes is not true? Yes, that's exactly what they're saying. They Golly. know they're lying. You know they're lying. They just know that you know phenomenal. they're lying. And they're going to say it anyway. Yeah, that's yeah. just fantastic. Yeah, it is. It really is. All right, on a lighter note here, the Women's World Cup is going on. Did what? you set your reminder? Did you know? Oh, gosh, Soccer, dang it. Yeah. It's yeah. like at 5 o'clock Eastern, though, right? <laughs> yeah, U.S. women's team tied Portugal 0-0 the other day. Yeah. Yep. I know. Excited, yep. right? Yeah. Yes. Uh, they tied Portugal 0-0, and apparently Portugal almost won, but they the, a kick went wide and hit the goalpost. Hit the goalpost, bounced yeah. off, yeah. And bounced off. And after the game, the women's team uh, was celebrating. They were going and taking pictures. They were oh, yeah. laughing. They were being very jovial. And this is funny. Uh, former soccer star uh, Carly Lloyd, not a fan of that in the post-game analysis of all of this. Listen to this, man. I have never witnessed, and just seeing these images for the first time right now on the desk, I have never witnessed something like that. There's a difference between being respectful of the fans and saying hello to your family, but to be dancing, to be smiling. I mean, the player of the match was that post. You were lucky to not be going home right now. <laughs> See, I can't say that because then I'd be a misogynist right. he-man right. woman hater. But she can. She can say it. And, I, and I'm just reminded, did. I mean, I had a, one of my football coaches in grade school, I'll just say it was in middle school, he was kind of a nut and was like tr- always tried to be this taskmaster and a lot of times would do things that didn't make a lot of sense. But one of his ironclad rules, unless you wanted to spend 30 minutes after every practice the following week doing up-downs in the dirt, if you lost the game, nobody talked on the bus ride home. You did not. You, you sat there and you thought about what you did. Mm-hmm. If he didn't think you gave enough effort, you didn't talk on the bus. <laughs> or you'd be doing up downs now because I'm a blabbermouth. I did a lot of up downs uh, <laughs> after, well, after I mean, practice. It's, but, it's the money ball Billy Bean thing. Yeah. Is losing fun? Right. Is losing fun? Then what are you having fun for? Right. Yeah. After he destroys the locker room. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. But yeah, you're out there. I you're... saw him although dancing and selfies and yeah. like they'd won something. No, nope. it was zero zero, and, and then then the the conversation went to when Megan Rapino entered the game. You know she's coming off the bench now, David. Uh huh. When Megan Rapino entered the game, the energy changed on the field. Yeah. It was nothing, nothing. <laughs> no one scored. <laughs> the energy change. Usually, you're talking about like some a goal was scored, some amazing yes. feat was done, but yes, because uh, Portugal kick went clang. Yeah, that's the only reason you're not packing it up and going home. I mean, uh, you could feel the energy change when Megan Rapino got on the field, though. Okay, <laughs> okay, there you go. Yeah, somebody want to score? Did I don't you win? Know. No, no. Then all right, then. God, Sounds like you man. need to grab a big old bag of hush, uh, don't you? Yeah, drink some <laughs> shut up juice. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. On the uh, Biden corruption, one commentator says, "Hey, look." This whole phone call thing, just a gray area. We all know it. It's normal. We'll get to that much more. This is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. The Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is on special assignment this week. He'll be back on Monday. Well, the news uh, just popping now. Uh, Pittsburgh synagogue shooter. Remember the guy who shot up and murdered 11 people at the Tree of Life synagogue in Pittsburgh? Yes, I do. Yeah, uh, Has been sentenced to death. 
Good. Rotten hell, scumbag. Yeah, All right. Go. Yeah. And so that's the news <laughs> that was just breaking. All right. Uh, meanwhile, Democrats have settled on the spin that there was nothing inappropriate about Joe Biden being involved with his son's business because, well, just talking to his kid about the weather at business dinners. And there were a lot of burner phones involved, too. You know, if you want to talk to somebody about the weather, you got to use a burner phone. Well, sure. Yeah, that's because if you're wrong, you don't want them knowing your number. Yeah, well, right. I mean, that's or how to get a hold of you again. That's no. what, when I used to, when I was a news reporter and I used to do uh, on the scene severe weather coverage, I always yes. had my burner phone. Yeah, you never, oh, you never know. Yeah, well, I, didn't, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't want to run the risk of the federal government, you know, picking up on my conversations about the weather. That's right. And the IRS and all sorts of other three letter agencies didn't want to worry about that so <laughs> i got uh, yeah i got my burner phone who doesn't That's have right. that yeah uh cnn's dana bash by the way says hey, you know this whole thing is just kind of a gray area you know nah, don't, i mean maybe it kind of looks unseemly but whatever you know doesn't it appear shady does that mean that the the president was involved in hunter biden's business dealings no but we all understand Washington, and we all understand um, that a lot of these uh, relationships operate in the gray areas intentionally, especially when you have uh, somebody who is either related to a, a, a famous person or a powerful person or used to work for a, a powerful person. You want your clients to know that you can get them on the phone. Oh. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, yeah except... The problem is that gray area existed between a father and his son, and the father is now president of the United States and at mm -hmm. the time was vice president of the United States and happened to do a few favors for the people who were on the phone calls talking about the weather. Unbelievable. It, it, again, I, I know gaslighting is an overused term, but I, it is, give but... me a break, dude. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a normal course of business and everything in Washington, D.C., of course. Everybody's dad's got connections in the Ukraine, right? Yeah, why not? All right. Yeah. Uh, I got a news update on the way. This is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. The Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Mark Lee is out. He'll be back on Monday. Thank you, as always, for being here. Remember that guy? Uh, I always forget how to how to pronounce his last name. I think it's Michael Fanone. He's the uh, he was a Capitol police officer turned crisis actor. He's sort of the the oh, wannabe tough yeah. guy, yeah. Who who yeah. treats the uh, Capitol riot like it was storming the beach of Normandy. I mean, yes. it's like it was just over the top dramatics. He's one of the guys that Representative Adam King, former representative uh, Representative Adam Kinzinger cried at. You guys held. Yeah. You what? Yeah. Democracy's not defined by darkest days. So this guy plays a tough guy on TV, and he he was like one of the great defenders of democracy. Uh, he was brought on to CNN because, of course, he was. Yeah. Uh, to react to the news that Donald Trump has been indicted again, and this time it is for his role in the violence on that dark, dark day. And let me tell you, man, there, there's no hysteria in this statement whatsoever. Proud I felt uh, to be an American at that moment, uh, much in the way that I did uh, when I learned that uh, our military had killed Osama bin Laden. What? Uh, <laughs> what? Right. Donald Trump being indicted for claiming that an election was stolen from him is the same as 
Osama bin Laden, the mastermind of 9-11, being killed so, by SEAL Team 6, yes. The jubilance and joy he felt then, he yes. now feels again. Yes. On the 67th time that Trump's been indicted on something, <laughs> right. right? Okay. Yeah, this guy. Um, Got it. I just felt incredibly proud. These two um, seem comparable to you? Incredibly proud to have been... I'm sorry, I don't want to cut you off, but the, why, why, are that, why that comparison <clears throat> in particular? Uh, I believe they're comparable. How? In what way? Absolutely. Uh, Osama bin Laden was a terrorist who committed a horrific act against American people uh, and against our republic. And I believe that Donald Trump is a terrorist who committed horrific acts against the American people. You can imagine that that is a very eyebrow-raising <laughs> statement. The DOJ, as Other you know, than that, what I say, what, what I say or, or what Republican lawmakers say um, is just, you know, to take up time on cable news. Yep, pretty much. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway. Isn't it interesting that all of the hashtag resistance heroes turn out to be absolutely insane? Yes. Like Alexander Venman and his crazy wife, they're they're nuts that he was this brave whistleblower. Oh, wait, turns out he's a crazy person. Michael Avenatti, he's going to help bring down Donald Trump. Oh, wait, actually, he's a fraudster yeah. um, and a bad guy. I mean, <laughs> and, I, of course, look at the political trajectory, political career trajectory of those. I mean, you can start with Adam Kinzinger. Yeah. Well, is if, he even still on CNN, by the way? Yeah, I think he is. I'm, I don't, I've never, I don't hear anything he's doing. Yeah, well, I, Nothing. I mean, you don't watch CNN, so. No, I don't. But, I mean, it's still like one of those things where you'd think just, I would, he would say something so inflammatory, it would catch the attention. But apparently mm-hmm. he hasn't even mastered that skill yet. Yeah, no, well, I, mm. Golly, man. Probably because nobody cares what he really has to say. I felt the same way I mean, about the killing of Osama bin Laden as I yeah. did on Donald Trump being indicted. Yes. Dude. Yeah, you you need to You need some time on the couch. Absolutely. Or some time away from the bottle or whatever else you're Holy putting into your body. Smokes, man. For mind altering experiences, man. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, switching gears. This is a weird story, but uh, we talked about it a little bit when it was it was popping initially. Uh, you might have heard about the diary of Joe Biden's youngest child, Ashley Biden. Oh, boy. It yeah. was left behind at a rental property. Apparently she was there as part of rehab. Uh, and someone turned it over to Project Veritas. Project Veritas didn't publish it, but they let the feds know that they had it in their possession. The DOJ wound up investigating them over stolen property claims, which led to an FBI raid, which is wild to me. Uh, So the diary had a lot of crazy stuff in it, including Ashley Biden writing that her dad took inappropriate showers with her and that she would sometimes shower late at night to avoid him walking in on her. And again, don't know if if that's true. And up until this point, it was never really fully confirmed that it was, in fact, her diary, although now it has been. Because Project Veritas released a phone call that they had with her in October of 2020. It included Ashley Biden herself saying it was her stuff and she wanted it back. I don't want to have to get Secret Service involved in this, right? Because it it's a whole process. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I am Ashley Biden. It is my stuff. So if you could just skip all of that over, I would really appreciate it. I know you sent a picture to my husband with a camera. <clears throat> 
and mm -hmm. a few other things that are mine as well. So that would be really great. Where is a good place uh, for him to meet you? Yeah. I mean, I, I again, I don't want this to be construed as, as an attack on Ashley Biden. I mean, obviously she's had her struggles whether or not this particular allegation is true. I, I don't know if it's true. Um, it could be that she was just writing it or we don't know the fuller content. I have no idea. No idea. It certainly no. sounds creepy to yes. me. And I don't know why you would write it in a diary if it wasn't something that was true because your diary is something that you're just writing to yourself most of the time. Mm -hmm. Man, where every time something like this pops up, I do wonder where are Republican lawmakers asking the questions about Joe? Where I, I know that there have been a whole lot of stupid little speeches on Capitol Hill and whatnot, and at, at some point we're going to open up an inquiry of impeachment, blah, 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 blah. But, I mean, come on. The left highlighted a woman named Julie Swetnick who claimed that Brett Kavanaugh ran gang rape parties in high school. It wasn't true. But the left ran with it anyway because, well, we assume Brett Kavanaugh's a bad guy. And it's, it is just really frustrating to me that apparently we don't have anybody on Capitol Hill willing to take any of this kind of conversation on. I don't know if that is out of respect for the president's daughter saying, well, we don't want to drag her into this. Let's, let's stick with the corruption stuff. Maybe, I guess, but get the ball rolling on something, guys, because the well, left is playing to... a different game. Than no, you they are. are. And, and there was a time when family members were pretty much off limits. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they just were. And everybody treated it accordingly. But that those rules are gone. That doesn't happen anymore. No. I mean, Ivanka Trump wasn't attacked? Yeah. No. Well, and again, it's not an attack on, on Ashley Biden at all. I mean, if this is true, then she is a victim. Well, There's yeah. There's no question about that. She's a victim, not a perpetrator, not, not somebody uh, involved in wrongdoing. She was victimized by her dad, if it's true. Also, again, this is with Hunter and Ashley Biden. This is a man who portrays himself in the public as the family guy, yeah. old sweet Joe. Yeah. You know, and again, this goes back to the character of the guy saying these things, and we'll see. Yeah. I, but I, I, they'll leave it alone. I'm sure they will. There, they, there'll be no coverage. They probably this. will. Probably because they know Joe Biden's got dirt on all of them, too. Yeah, probably. <laughs> they don't want to yeah. open up that can of worms, do they? It's the mafia, man. It okay. is. All right, uh, that time of the show, we do this every day at this time. It's called What's Your Story? We go around and we talk about something that maybe caught your attention. Might not be the biggest news story of the day, but you wanted to share it with the rest of the class. Scott, what's your story today? Are you familiar with a woman named Amy McGrath? Uh, she's a, Is she the uh, veteran who yeah, ran for ran Senate? Ran for Senate in Kentucky against yeah, Mitch McConnell. Yes, yeah. Got killed yeah. and does a lot of uh, posting now for liberal organizations. Yeah. Um, I thought we'd moved on past the whole woke kids BS, but apparently we haven't at all. I mean, the leftists still feel like they need to use the kids to make some sort of political statement. Case in point, this came from Amy McGrath. My seven-year-old daughter today, Mom, I don't get why all the presidents were all boys. No girls at all. Why is that? Amy says, where do I begin? Your seven-year-old daughter said this. Right. And by the way, just for the record, David, let me say, that child has no right to gender anybody. That's right. You don't know. Damn them. You don't know. Maybe Woodrow Wilson identified as a woman. 
You don't know that. You don't. You have no idea. And if he That's identified right. as such, then he is a woman, and you have to respect that. Come hell or high water. So man. maybe there were women presidents. Maybe maybe there have been. It's like I always love it when uh, when they're talking about that that the weirdo kids. who is second in charge of HHS right now. Oh, uh, Rachel wow. Levine, the yes. oh, morbidly yeah, yeah. obese guy who thinks he's yeah, a woman. A woman, yeah. Who is in second command of our nation's healthcare system? <laughs> That's right. Cool. Um, yeah, I always think when when they they uh, clarify and say the first openly transgender uh, person to hold mm-hmm. that, like, are there closet transgender people really? I mean, well, wasn't some... J. Edgar Hoover wearing women's clothes? Well, I, I assume, like, at some yeah. point, if you are identified as as transgender, you will live that experience. I don't know. It just sort of seems pretty obvious if somebody is walking around in a dress. You know, David, back in my day, they were called cross-dressers. <laughs> and you'd see them occasionally while you were out to eat. Right. And generally speaking, the ones I saw were professors at the university. Yeah. Not. <laughs> All right. That, that's the true story, man. Yeah. It's uh, What's Your Story, The uh, maybe not the biggest story of the day, but something that caught your attention. We do it every uh, day at this time on the show. Uh, well, the uh, incandescent light bulb has been banned. It's gone into effect. Yeah, bulbs will have higher LED-like standards, which will uh, supposedly save the average average American a hundred dollars a year. I don't know if I'm just buying the wrong bulbs, but man, I, those don't last as long. The 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 LED bulbs they don't seem to. No, now they, I've been told they last longer. That's what I I always I'm but always told. I, like you yeah. won't have to replace this for five years or whatever, yeah. and then it burns yeah. out after six months or something. Yeah, I've replaced many LED bulbs. Yeah, I don't. You know the hard the thing is I couldn't find anything but LED bulbs the last time I was looking. Yeah, and this was before the ban was put in place. Yeah, I mean, I th- they phased these things out. Yeah, I think that's that's really what happened here because for the for the administrative state there's been an ongoing war against things that work. And so this has been going on since, what, the Bush administration? They've been trying yeah. to fa- uh, uh, phase this out, right? Uh, the incandescent light bulb. And so now, apparently, uh, all the pieces are in place, and it has been banned. The black are... market for them now, man. <laughs> Open up the trunk. You can get your handgun and, and, your, and your light bulb in Yo, the man. same place. <laughs> you, you want some uh, full-flow toilets, too? I know a guy. I got those, too. You want that? <laughs> yeah. Low-flow toilets, man. Oh, my gosh. The yes. war on things that work. I want to give credit. I saw that that's on good. National I like Review. That. No, that's I, I like it. Yeah, I really like that one. Yeah. All right, we got a news update on the way. This is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. The Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is on special assignment. He'll be back on Monday. This is unbelievable, man. So we mentioned this a while back. Uh, Carly Lloyd. Uh, was a, a legendary women's soccer player, is uh, now doing commentary for Fox Sports. And after the women's national team in the World Cup uh, festivities tied 0-0 with Portugal, uh, she was not impressed at all with the fact that they were jumping around and celebrating. Right. It's like, dude, nobody scored a goal. No. And the only reason you didn't lose is because uh, Portugal had a shot that went a little wide and clanged off the goalpost. And th- this is what she said, by the way. I have never witnessed, and just seeing these images for the first time right now on the desk, I have never witnessed something like that. There's a difference between being respectful of the fans and saying hello to your family, but to be dancing, to be smiling. I mean, the player of the match was that post. 
You were lucky to not be going home right now. So I, I think a lot of people can appreciate that because that, you know, look, that that's no different than what a lot of commentators will say about a football team, uh, an NFL team, uh, or a baseball team. Someone completely blows it, and they'll say that. They'll say something to that effect, like, uh, uh, you know, I can't believe that X, Y, or Z happened, et cetera. But apparently this was not good because you have to treat the women's club with kids' gloves. Sort of undercuts the message of strong, independent women, doesn't it? Well, yeah, they want equal, you know, yeah. then let's be equal. you okay. got to have the criticism, too, and Absolutely. I thought that was pretty fair criticism. So did I. Uh, New York Times published uh, an opinion piece. The former U.S. women's national team star Carly Lloyd criticized the team after its draw in the World Cup. Her legacy was always complicated. It's not. <laughs> I mean, and then they go in this deep dive on all, you know, on, on her complaining about not having enough playing time, et cetera. Right. My only question is, is this really uh, uh, supposed to be a controversy here? I thought it was kind of a funny thing to say you know the, the the whatever the post was the player of the game and whatnot. right it was funny yeah it was it was, a and free, it was accurate and it, right it's accurate yeah you don't yeah. you don't celebrate a tie you know no you, you just kind of say okay well woo we you know we 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 survive we live to see another day but that's about it you're not jumping up and down hollering man it's like those guys, it's like in the nfl you get a defensive end who gets a sack his team is down like 28 to nothing but then he starts doing his little, you know, celebration dance. You're like, dude, just go back to the huddle, all right? No, right. Yeah. You're down twelve nothing, and right. you hit a you hit a solo home run, and you Cadillac it. Right. right. No, <laughs> you're gonna get knocked on your fanny the next time up, and you deserve it. Right. Uh, yeah. Act like, yeah. Stop acting that way, you yeah. idiot. After you've already amassed three errors in the game. Right. You put yeah. your head down and run the bases. You're right. down twelve nothing. Just Jeez. do it. Yeah. Yeah. But apparently, it's supposed to be complicated now. No, it's not complicated. It, it's really not all no, that. No, it's not. I mean, it, it. golly, man, people are sensitive. They really are. That leads me to this. I, I, I saw a uh, poll out there about uh, can people take a joke these days? And I think most people can. Yeah, Far-left liberals cannot no, take a can't. joke because nothing's funny. Well, there's funny. nothing funny. The only yeah. thing funny is the misfortune of people they disagree with politically. Right. 35% of Americans, according to YouGov, say, yeah, people are, get offended way too often. 22% say the real problem is people just make too many off-color jokes these days. Yeah. I don't, I don't know about that, man, because yeah. there's a lot of jokes that used to be okay within my lifetime that you can't make anymore. Dude, there's a lot of people that simply don't do it. Right. Yeah. They, they don't because they don't want to wade into it. I mean, dude. And, and the opportunity we're missing as a populace of being uh, knee-slappingly funny all the time, <laughs> we've lost out because people are afraid to say it. But this is one of the reasons why guys like uh, Bill Burr and Dave Chappelle have been so popular because they, they go where you're not allowed to go anymore. Right. And, and do it and don't care. Right. Exactly. And people are starved for that. I really yes, do believe that. I agree. That. All right. This is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends, yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is on special assignment. He'll be back on uh, Monday. So special counsel Jack Smith has indicted Donald Trump again, this time related to his actions after the 2020 election. So 
to boil this down in simple terms, because Trump claimed there was fraud and asked people to look for it, he, apparently he broke the law. <laughs> that's, that's what they're claiming. Uh, of course, this is an all-out assault to shut down a guy running for president. All right, The timing of it is obvious. They're waiting until the election cycle to get this stuff rolling. Here we go. The guy's you know what's gonna... weird? Go ahead. I, I thought for a while there that they were going to try to improve his chances of being the nominee because they felt he was easier to beat mm-hmm. than DeSantis or anyone else running that could run against Joe. And then all of a sudden I start to see the polls and, uh, you know, Joe's hanging around at 42. He's at 42. I'm thinking to myself, maybe they really feel like he could beat Joe. Oh, and, I, and and they and now it's starting to spook them a little bit. Now they got to go after him even harder. Well, I, you know, I, I think that both things can be true at the same time. You want to pump him up because uh, for the primary, because obviously the guy has seen his polling among Republican voters go up ever since this witch hunt started to yeah. come to and uh, start to sort of congeal. Right. Um, but I also think if they keep the guy, they know that if they keep the guy in court long enough. One, like you pointed out yesterday, Scott, not going to have a lot of money for campaigning. No. I mean, you're you're already talking, what, $30 million that he spent on legal fees? They're, they're bleeding him dry, that, that's, and they're going to bleed the campaign dry. That's, that's the goal here, and damage him as much as possible. And, and certainly, Trump could still beat Biden. Um, but I think they are banking on the, on the fact that if the guy's in court constantly and constantly getting updates... Uh, to the American people about this, uh, you know, they feel like that's a, a good way of beating him. Nobody else in the Republican primary field uh, is subject to this stuff right now. You know, one of our listeners just suggested that if Trump really wants to make all this stuff go away, he should run as a Democrat. <laughs> Not a bad idea. And just and and change his name to Don D A W N. Right. And start wearing a dress. Right. There you go. And then they'll love him. Then he's going to be right. a hero. The darling of the left. Yes. Right. Exactly. Um, I think it's interesting that last November, Joe Biden admitted that this is what this was. This is the, the, the federal government using every tool that it has available to it to try to kneecap a presidential candidate. Because the last time they tried to do it, it didn't work. Right. right. In 2016, when they sicked the FBI on him, it didn't work. So in this case... Uh, they're thinking, okay, well, if everything's out in the open, if everything's in a, in, a, in a court of law, it won't really matter. We'll be able to uh, dissuade enough people from voting for him uh, because it just looks bad to just right. say, well, he's under federal indictment in multiple jurisdictions. Oh, my gosh. And then you got state level and, and city level and, and all this stuff going on. So obviously Donald Trump's a criminal. He's a bad guy, blah, blah, blah. And then after the election, who cares, right? Uh, will they send him to jail? I don't know. <laughs> but it just kind of seems like um, the play is really about 2024 and making sure that Donald Trump is weak enough that he will not win the presidency. That's the goal. And you can't convince me otherwise. Right. And again, just a flashback here from last November, Joe Biden talking about this. The The setup is uh, what do you say to uh, foreign leaders who are worried that Donald Trump may take office again and and here's what he said how do you reassure them if that is the reason for their questioning that the former president will not return that his political movement which is still very strong uh will not once again take power in the united states (laughs) well um 
we just have to demonstrate that he will not take power um, by uh, if we uh, if he does run, uh, making sure he uh, under legitimate efforts of uh, our constitution does not become the next president. There you go. It, well, this was an accusation in search of a crime with Donald Trump. And, and that's what it's always been when they, you know, going all the way back to Russian collusion. Mm-hmm. It was this idea that you could convince all, all the left needed to do was try to convince enough people that this guy was compromised by a foreign adversary. And now it's like, well, we got to convince the American public that he's probably guilty of something. And so let's flood the zone with all of these legal challenges. One of them will stick. I'm convinced of that. I mean, this this trial is going to be held in D.C., right? I mean, the guys. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Trump legally, just from from a like the courtroom perspective, the guy's hosed because the Justice Department is going to throw every resource it has and already has thrown a ton of resources towards prosecuting him. Then you get him in front of maybe uh, uh, Biden sympathetic jurors and boom. Uh, there, there were some who said that the, uh, oh, uh, oh, what's that guy's name? Steve Bannon. Yeah. His, uh, his trial over contempt of Congress or whatever, that was sort of the trial balloon to see if they could actually convict somebody uh, who had a connection to Donald Trump. And I think that's, that's proving to be true that this was really, that really was the trial run here. Mm-hmm. And so we are in for some dark, dark days. I thought it was kind of funny here uh, uh, hearing uh, Chris Hayes, the liberal commentator on MSNBC. He's the dude who looks like what would happen if Lizzo sat down on Rachel Maddow. Yeah, he's. Yeah. yeah, Well, that's a descriptor right there, man. (laughs) All right. Uh, He came within inches, actually, of coming to the same conclusion that this is the, the timing of this is suspect. He's looking at it from the wrong angle, but man, he is so close to actually seeing the truth and seeing the situation for what it is. Uh, Check this out. I think this is an indictment of Merrick Garland because we all saw the crimes committed and we know that there was no predicated investigation in the Department of Justice. We sat here one year ago at this table and we watched 85% of the facts present here, I would say, somewhere in that range, laid out before the nation. The, because the Congress, co- congressional investigation. Yes. Yes, the congressional yeah. investigation did an incredible job. And in fact, I think this indictment reads as an endorsement of their work in many, in, in yeah. many ways. The reason that we're now, you know, the fast track question is we're now in a tighter space a year later about a guy who's running for president to stay out of prison. He is literally running for his freedom than we would have been a year ago. And I, you know, there's hindsight 2020 and Mary Carlin is a very difficult job and I would grant him that. But I do think that like, this makes me think that the year when there was apparently not very much happening in the Department of Justice about a criminal conspiracy that happened on live television as we all watched mm-hmm. was maybe not the greatest thing. He is so close. He's yeah. almost there. Yeah. But he, his thing is, well, now there's not enough time. And I think, but what he gets at is a central question. If this is something that you're willing to do uh, in a court of law, that you're willing to prosecute a former president, and you believe so strongly that you're going to take it to trial, there were no new discoveries here in the indictment uh, that, was, that was unsealed yesterday. You knew all of this. The question was, was it a crime or not? And so they've decided that, yes, it was criminal, and we're going to prosecute this. But they could have done it a year ago. The only reason they're doing it now is because they want to meddle in the election. 
Well, and, and that and the fact that everything else has failed. I mean, I, I suppose, but they haven't really been trying to go after Donald Trump no. in a court of law until just a few months ago when he was indicted for the first time. Well, it's going to be fun. Yeah. So, anyway, I mentioned Lizzo. Uh, this is a disgusting story. Dude, I, how far are you going to go into this thing? Because I, okay. <laughs> I pulled the story today, too, and I'm like, how far do I want to go with Liz- this? Lizzo is a uh, pop star. She's the one that uh, that is uh, very large, very rotund, yeah, and likes to twerk and whatnot on stage. It's kind of gross to me. I like some of her songs, but it's kind of... I'll, I'll just say this. I, I wouldn't want to sit in an airplane seat after her because I've no. seen her like wearing the thong and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And, mm. yeah. Well, and no, she doesn't want you no ever to talk about her weight. Yeah. Well, she's totally comfortable with it, and you should be too. Yeah, she's you being sued. celebrate her, actually. She's being sued now by former dancers uh, yeah. that traveled with her for, well, one of the reasons is because she body shamed one of them. Isn't that something? Apparently, which is very fascinating because she always talks about like, yeah, I'm a big girl. I'm co- like you said, I'm I'm comfortable with it. And you should celebrate it too. Yeah, yeah. Ce- celebrate my morbid obesity. That's right? right. Yeah. Uh so a couple of uh, uh backup dancers, three of them actually, claiming the lawsuit uh that they were fired while the third plaintiff, uh Noel Rodriguez is her name, resigned over Lizzo's stunning behavior. One of them uh, had to do with a trip to Amsterdam in February. They say uh, that Lizzo invited them out for a night on the town, which ended in the red light district. Of course, prostitution is a big tourist draw there. Mm-hmm. Um, the lawsuit states that things quickly got out of hand. Lizzo began inviting cast members to take tu- turns touching the nude performers. Uh, I... Like you said, no, how I, deep yeah, do you I want to get into it? I, see, I don't know, man. It involved, I don't know how you you might be able to pl- you might be able to phrase this thing in a way uh, that you know what I'm talking about, but you won't yeah. know exactly what it is. Yeah, I'll, I'll say that uh, fruit for, was involved. <laughs> yes, perhaps right? fruit was involved. Um, it's a uh, we'll say it was a uh, uh, pelvically consumed banana, elongated fruit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that was that the dancers were told to eat a banana. That yes, um, Res- that and they didn't get from the store. They didn't get that. No, <laughs> no, no. They they didn't pick that up at Walmart. No, okay? they did not. Um, no. And then also catching um, certain implements that had been jettisoned from the bodies of of some of these performers. Yeah, and yeah, it's it's gross, man. I felt like I had to take a shower after after reading Ooh. some of these accusations, man. Uh, so, ugh. <laughs> I read this story and suddenly I just sort of clam up, huh? It's just I, well, I mean, I mean, this this is one of those stories where, like, in the early seventies, if this was Led Zeppelin, mm-hmm. you'd believe it right away. You go, well, of course, yeah. And and they talk about it, but she's all she's all this virtuous, you know. I'm here for the big girls, and big girls don't be shy, and yeah. love your body, and blah, 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 and all this garbage. And then she mm-hmm. takes them out to a strip joint yeah. with hookers and does all sorts of untawdry things. And yeah. man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, so I, again, who knows? If it's true, I don't know. I'll, I'll just say this do not, under any circumstances, uh, try out her recipe for a banana split, okay? No. Just don't. Don't. No. You're, you're, you're going to be. Very disappointed. Don't make banana bread with it either. No, no, don't do that. (laughs) No, no, no.
You want a Lizzo fruit salad? Nope. nope. Not even a little bit. <laughs> right, yeah, you- I'd like a Lizzo, please. <laughs> Yikes. This is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. The Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is out. He'll be back on Monday. Kamala Harris is a little afraid to have a conversation about Florida's history curriculum. Ron DeSantis threw out the challenge there, uh, saying, hey, if you want to talk about uh, our black history curriculum, and particularly about slavery, let's have that debate. Let's have that conversation. Mm-hmm. Well, Kamala Harris won't do it. Instead, she's settled on lying about what it says, uh, claiming that Florida is teaching kids that slavery was, was good, that it had redeeming qualities, and blah, blah, blah. When that is not at all what the curriculum says. Uh, it does talk about gaining skills that... Uh, then enslaved people were able to uh, utilize to adapt and overcome their terrible circumstances, which is actually standard in a whole lot of lessons around the country. But they have just decided to lie to people about it, and it works because, well, media is in the pocket of the Democrat Party. Ron DeSantis again asked her to talk about it, and, well, she responded during a speech, you know, this, this strong lady, Kamala Harris, she just doesn't even want to talk about it. Doesn't want to have the conversation. No. No. Well, I'm here in Florida. And I will tell you, there is no round table, no lecture, no invitation we will accept to debate an undeniable fact. Oh, God. There were no redeeming qualities of slavery. Yeah. And as I said last week when I was again here in Florida, we will not stop calling out and fighting back against extremist so-called leaders who try to prevent our children from learning our true and full history. Who's doing that? Well, that's what they do. They do this all the time. They create monsters that don't yeah. exist. They oh, always do this. Yeah, I mean, they, they, it's, the, it's the straw man yeah. argument. No, you I, know, they the, do it all the time. T- yeah. they, they want to teach that uh, slavery had silver linings and whatnot, and uh, beneficial in some instances. That's not at all what it says. They're banning books. They're, right. you know, the list goes on and on. N- don't say gay. Right. I mean, That's that was true. a complete fabrication. I, I am kind of surprised they tried, uh, some of the activists in Florida and around the country actually tried to uh, turn don't say slave into a thing. Okay. And I'm glad that, that it seems like most people haven't really caught on to that. No, I mean, certainly not a lot of news outlets have, said, have really caught on to that. No. Probably because deep down everybody knows that they're just lying about the state of Florida, because, well, that's what they do. They lie. Anytime something happens in a red state, they lie about it. I mean, it's, it, but you're right. I mean, it's, they're banning books. Okay, well, Kamala, let's have story time. You read from any of these books that parents have found me, yeah. objectionable. Well, and also, you can go to any bookstore anywhere in Florida and buy those books. I mean, if you want to buy them, they're available. Mm-hmm. You can Nobody's order it off banning of anything. Right. What they said was, we are not going to do this with children. No. K through third grade. We're not going to do this. Mm-hmm. All right? And this turned into banning books. 
Mm-hmm. And it's ridiculous. Like I say, you can re- you want to read Lawn Boy? There's plenty of copies out there. You can get them in Florida. Or or this book is gay. If you want to learn about the finer points of a Cleveland steamer, then yeah, right. You then can, you, you it's right in there. It's but, in fact, it's a whole chapter devoted to it. But yes. yeah, but you probably shouldn't you know hand that over to a third grader. And I, no, I, no, that, and that's all anybody was ever yeah. saying to begin with. And I, I'll tell you, man, if 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 this show had a stunt guy with a death wish, what I would love to do is go to any playground in America and start handing out copies of pages from these books that are yeah. supposedly banned and yeah. watch how quickly they get their asses kicked. Oh, sure. Because, I, I mean, dude, I'd, I would flip the hell out if somebody's handing out to my kid yeah. pages from these books. Um, it's not a book ban. It's saying, no, this is obviously objectionable material. Anyway, uh, this is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robbins Show. Uh, biggest story of the day, I guess it's Indictment Day Part three now for donald trump and Mm -hmm. any day now it could be indictment day part four the time you get to the third sequel usually it's bad yeah you know it's i don't know if this one's going to be a prequel or 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 like a a a side story i'm not really sure what the Mm -hmm. main characters will be i assume donald trump will make a cameo at least but uh well the orange man's the villain again or is this going to be a i guess the fulton county georgia thing would be like one of the Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, <laughs> uh, uh, shows on Disney Plus. Right. We'll have like Indictment Plus for <laughs> all of your needs. You know, you got the sideshow trials and all that. It's nonsense. That <laughs> yeah. and a news update coming up. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins, Jamie Markley on special assignment. All right, I'm just going to give you this headline. We will get to the meat of the story in a few minutes, I promise. But I love the headline, Scott. All right. Okay. Yep. Zoo in China denies speculation that its bears are actually humans in disguise. God, dude, I saw this thing. <laughs> All right. We, we'll did, get, did, oh. we will get to that in just a few minutes, okay? Oh, my I, gosh. I promise yeah. you. All right. Okay. This is wild, yeah. man. All right. Meanwhile, uh, Democrats have settled on the spin that there was nothing inappropriate about Joe Biden being involved with his son's business because, well, just talking to his kid about the weather at business dinners. Using burner phones. Yeah, nothing suspicious about it. Just normal, right? Whatever, right? Yeah. Here's Representative Jim Himes on MSNBC talking about this. Uh, it's remarkable, man. The Republicans, it's, it, it's just this internal primal urge to visit retribution on the Democrats. And the problem is they can't find a fact. So, look, uh, is there problematic questions about Hunter Biden? And, and I, I said something that shouldn't be controversial, which is that if you committed a crime, you should be held accountable. But have they pointed to anything to suggest that Joe Biden engaged in corrupt behavior? No. And on the contrary, Hunter Biden's business problems uh, partner said, uh, yeah, he was on some phone calls talking about the weather. Talking about the weather, exchanging pleasantries. You know, is that in the category of, you know, uh, presidential family members that are problematic? Billy Carter, Hugh Rodham, maybe it's in that category. But it is sure and absolutely not a crime. So Donald Trump broke the law, apparently, because uh, he challenged results of an election. Yeah. But Joe Biden, denying that he ever spoke to his kid about business and then being caught in a lie on that part. Um, And then you've got this multi-layered LLC scam where millions of dollars is being funneled to different Biden family members from foreign entities. Uh, I don't know, some dots that may have been connected involving Ukraine, Kazakhstan, Romania, and whatnot, and U.S. policy while Joe Biden was vice president. 
But hey, man, just rest assured, he was only talking about the weather. Because who doesn't, when they're in a business meeting with a bunch of prospective clients, call up somebody just to talk about the weather, right? Everybody does that. That's that's standard operating procedure, right? <laughs> I don't. I can't tell you how many times I've been sitting Jeez. down with a program director or a station manager or something, and I said, "Hold on a second. Let me call my dad because I want to know what the weather is in Houston." Okay. Yeah. That's what I, I know. That they're not in Houston. I know that we're you know in 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 Romania or something. But hey, I want to really know what what the weather's like. This this just. <laughs> It it's unbelievable, is what it Say is. Say hi to my buddies, Dad. Yeah, right. Everybody knows what this was. Okay, come on. All right. Um, meanwhile, yes, as I mentioned, Special Counsel Jack Smith has indicted Donald Trump again, uh, and in short, it's because Trump claimed there was fraud, and he says that that broke the law because you encouraged people to try to figure out ways to uh, to to expose voter fraud and whatnot. Yes. Now, a spokesman for Donald Trump said it was reminiscent of Nazi Germany, Soviet Russia, and other authoritarian regimes. And you know who was offended by that? Who's that? The guy that you called the original haircut, Jake Tapper of CNN. Oh, was he? Yeah. Jake, Jake, Jake took offense to this, Can't huh? believe. Okay. Why would they do that? Obviously, comparing this to Nazi Germany is beyond the pale in terms of offensiveness and ignorance. Can you give us... Can just, just, I, I'd like to know what exactly he's... The person said, first of all, who is the one? Issuing this is this? coming from a Trump spokesperson. It's a lengthy statement, but this just part. Just read us the Nazi Germany. Part. This part mm-hmm. here is. Yeah, just read us the Nazi. Just uh, get to the Nazi the Germany part. part. Yeah. Yeah. Beyond the pale. Beyond the pale. Yeah, man, it'd be terrible to compare a political opponent or a situation happening in America to Nazi Germany. Right. Unless, of course, the media is talking about Donald Trump. It was not just the racial, I mean, the, I should say racial, the Hitler, 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 Adolf Hitler, 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 Hitler. Outside of the Civil War, World War II, and including 9-11, this may be the most cataclysmic event the country's ever seen. Yeah, okay. Yeah, sure. All right. But now you're going to get the vapors because somebody invoked Nazi Germany. Now, you know my longstanding yeah. policy. All right. When it comes to the Nazis or Hitler, if you're thinking about making a comparison that doesn't literally involve genocide, then take a breath, count to 10, and don't. Don't make I agree. that comparison. No, don't do it. No, it, it, it just don't. Stay away from it. It's, it's dumb. You sound like a, 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 a hysterical fool. But I might add add to that the Antichrist, too, because that used to be a big one. Oh, the Antichrist. Oh, yeah, yeah, everybody, I mean, yeah everybody wasn't. There's been like 73 Antichrists. Right. And now in my lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, in the economic news, this was pretty shocking to me. Uh, MetLife Investment Management said that uh, by 2030, 40% of single family rentals in the U.S. will be owned by institutional investors. That is, Wall Street uh, banks and investment firms will own 40% of the rental market. And this has been happening uh, really, it picked up in earnest during the uh, uh, pandemic. Because, uh, well, they saw an opportunity to buy, uh, to invest in homes. And you have outlets like, or I'm sorry, institutions mm-hmm. like BlackRock buying up entire neighborhoods. Yeah. Now, th- this is a big deal because if you've ever lived in a small town or in a college town, you know what it's like when you're trying to rent an apartment and there's only like three companies that provide apartments. You can't, it's hard to find a good deal on a rental. 
because, well, it's it's price fixing, essentially. Nobody's mm-hmm. going to really undercut the other guy, and you don't really have a whole lot of other opportunities because there's no competition in the market. And so in seven years, or now less than seven years, they're saying 40% of rental properties will be owned by, well, Wall Street investors. Ooh, that's not good, man. No, I don't know what not. The, I don't know what the remedy to that is, but I know it also got exacerbated because of the that the stupid eviction moratorium that in yeah. some jurisdictions was still going on as of this summer. So the small guy, the little guy who just has a couple of properties as a uh, as a retirement investment as sort of a windfall once they stop working full time uh, and as an investment opportunity, that guy got shoved out of the market in favor of Wall Street bros. It's a dangerous situation that's being set up in ha- with housing in this country. Um, and again, I, you know, I don't know what the remedy legislatively would be. I don't know that the federal government can really do anything about it, but mm-hmm. um, that, that's something that, to me, needs to be talked about more and addressed more because we don't want to get into a situation where it's like you own nothing. <laughs> You know, and all of right. your your entire future is in the hands of some coked up Wall Street bros. That that's not a good place to be. We're already way in too deep in that arena. Well, yeah, and and, and I got to did I give you this Corey? Did we talk about Corey Bush yesterday? I forgot. Uh, no, we didn't. You, oh, okay. You, well, you I'm going to bring, bring it up today. Yeah, I'm going to bring it up today because talking about a, a guy who had a rental property. Yeah. And Corey Bush, and you know what she wants to do? She wants to have an initiative for to provide the unhoused with housing. Mm-hmm. I don't know who's going to pay for all this. I don't know how this is magically going to happen, but she's going to reintroduce legislation. And I've got a quick story about her, and we'll okay. get to it coming up. All right. all right, all right. So yeah, we'll get to that. All right. I mentioned at the beginning at the beginning of the segment a story that I'm currently obsessed with. And the headline reads. Zoo in China denies speculation that its bears are actually humans in disguise. Yes. So there was footage uh, out of this zoo in eastern China of a Malaysian or a Malayan sun bear, I should say. Sun bears, yes. Yeah, standing on its hind legs and and kind of waving to a crowd. Right. And so a conspiracy theory blossomed out of that, that it's actually a guy in a bear suit. Have and you seen the video? I have seen the video. Okay, and what was your initial reaction? That looks like a dude a in a bear suit. in a bear suit. Yeah. I saw it on the Today Show. Yeah. They ran it on the Today Show. As the guy stands up, or as the quote-unquote yeah. bear stands up, it, it, like the back of its skin kind of wrinkles down like, like yeah. it's, it's, it's a party suit. Now, the zoo itself says no, that, no, because a human couldn't survive. It would be too hot in there for them to uh, live in the suit. And I'll just tell you, as a as a as a Chick Fil A cow suit wearing veteran, yeah, he, David did this, yeah, yeah, I I did that. They got fans in those things, you know. They and, and yeah. I I did it in Houston. I was standing out on the damn highway, handing out coupons in the suicide lane, <laughs> wearing that damn dumb cow, cow suit. <laughs> it was hot as hell, man. But I lived. I survived. But, this, but did you notice also like the there was like no. Butt on this thing, yeah, no butt. Was like this of this flat. It was a weird looking, but then it got down and walked around on yeah. all fours. And that's when I saw it on all fours. I'm like, well, maybe it is a bear. Mm-hmm. 
But the more I saw this, I'm like, come on, man. He's waving? They <laughs> yeah. teach bears how to wave? Now, now, there there was somebody, a wildlife biologist, who says, well, no, that's a sun bear for sure, because sometimes they do things that kind of look like human antics because they do stand up on their hind legs, and they yeah. tend to be a little thinner than, right. you, than like a grizzly bear or something. Oh, yeah, he was like very that. thin, yeah. And so they're saying, no, that is actually kind of what the bear looks like. So I don't think it was a guy in a suit. I'm I'm all in on the idea that this was a dude in a bear suit. Come on, man. It, it, and it wasn't even like a good bear suit in my mind. Right. It was, you know, it was, it was like they, they bought it at the last party city yeah. you know, available. The, the uh, Halloween shop was, you know, they were loading everything up for the year and this guy bought it. Yeah. I mean, it didn't, it didn't even look good. No. I mean, that was the thing. And it was very comfortable standing on its hind legs. And maybe they all, maybe it is, maybe it really was. No. I mean, the people that were at the zoo didn't seem to be bothered by it. No. They all thought it was a real bear. That's my feeling, anyway. Reminded me of a a couple of other stories like that. There are other zoos in China that have been criticized for dying dogs to look like wolves. Yes. They they dye them gray and say, oh, that's a wolf. And it's like, no, it's not. That's a a husky. (laughs) (laughs) That's not a. <laughs> that that's no wolf, man. That's a dog. That's a Siamese cat. That isn't a lion. <laughs> <laughs> or that that one zoo in Egypt. Remember that story from yeah. a few years ago, where they they had a zebra at the zoo, but it wasn't actually a zebra. What it was was a donkey that they had painted black and white. Uh, black and white. Yeah, yeah. And passed it off as. <laughs> Here's our donkey. <laughs> Cali. <laughs> But apparently this thing has got like 10 million views yeah, and people going back and forth on whether it's a real, real bear or yeah. a guy in a suit. Yeah, th- this is now my second favorite conspiracy theory of all time. It's it's that it was a guy in a bear suit. And uh, my first, of course, is that Stevie Wonder's not blind. I know. I know. And we know Stevie that. Stevie Wonder yeah. is not actually blind. He's been faking it his entire yeah, life. That's, and if he, this, you yeah. can go to there's a lot of rabbit holes on the Internet. You can go down and you'll see yep. that I'm right in, in believing this completely. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'm fairly convinced it was Stevie Wonder in that bear suit. <laughs> I don't know if you knew. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It was it, it was singing for once in my life. I mean, it looked like some of those low rent circuses that come through. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like, you know, Steve Circus <laughs> one night only at the mall parking lot or something. All right. Yeah. Uh, coming up, uh, 58% of pet owners would do this for their pet. It's ridiculous, but we'll talk about it. This is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. The Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Uh, Jamie Markley is out today. Uh, so, of course, we all know special counsel Jack Smith has indicted Donald Trump again, this time for trying to overturn the 2020 election. Now, his lawyers out there uh, reacting to the news uh, and reacting to Jack Smith's insistence that they have a speedy trial. Uh, John Loro is the uh, lawyer for Donald Trump in this case, uh, tells the Today Show that, uh, well, uh, the, the speedy trial thing, that's not really uh, on the table here because we need time to prepare. It's kind of absurd. When he could get a word in edgewise with Savannah Guthrie on the Today Show, um, this is what he had to say. 
The special counsel said yesterday he would like to see a speedy trial. That yes. is 70 days from now. Are you ready uh, to go? Would you like to see a speedy trial? Well, the speedy trial right is a defendant's right, Correct. not the government's right. So we're entitled to understand what the charges are. We're entitled to do our own investigation. The special counsel or the Justice Department, the Biden Justice Department, has had three years to investigate this. Uh, to take President Trump to trial in 90 days, of course, is absurd. The question is, why do they want to do that? If you want to seek justice, then you need to offer Mr. President, President Trump an opportunity to get a hold of all the evidence and understand what the facts are. Yeah, but it's not really about justice. It's about kneecapping a political rival of the big guy, of Joe Biden. I like the way they dragged the Biden thing out for five years, and they went this one in 90 days. No kidding, right? Isn't that funny? Yeah, <laughs> five years. <laughs> uh, this one, we got to move along quickly, yes. Yeah, we got, we got to get this done. We got to get the trial, or at least have the prospect of a trial yes. looming out there. Mm -hmm. They want to do this. Uh, they want to uh, hurt Donald Trump as much as they possibly can. And and, and look, I, I still maintain, no, these charges never should have been brought. But at some point, one of these is going to result in a conviction. Uh, I mean, especially if you're trying the case in D.C., yeah. come on, man. I mean, where are you going to find anybody who has any sort of sympathetic ear towards Donald Trump, much less a neutral one? I mean, <laughs> there's that... That's one of the reasons why there's generally not been a push to ever seriously consider prosecuting a former president. Because where do you find any impartial uh, juror or jury? Right. How is that possible? Mm -hmm. it, you can't. It's you got like the most famous guy in the world. Yeah. That's going on trial here, and but but again, it's not really about seeking justice or anything else. It's about trying to make a point. If you push back against the D.C. machine, if you make a mockery of Bushwood, we will <laughs> absolutely make your life a living hell. That's what they have told Donald Trump and anybody else who wants to try uh, to do the same thing. Nice Bushwood reference, yeah, by the man. way. Well, yeah, that was the whole thing, is Donald Trump was Rodney Dangerfield in, in yes. Caddyshack, right? right. <laughs> He's yeah. like, this place is a dump. <laughs> I might buy it, you know? <laughs> Uh, meanwhile, on a lighter note, uh, apparently uh, most pet owners say they would probably do about anything for their pet. Yeah. Uh, in a survey of pet owners, 58% of people say that they would donate a kidney to a pet if they could. Now, there there are not any human-to-pet kidney transplants. That's not I'm a thing that say, happens. Yeah, right. But, uh, yeah, but apparently 58% say they would if they could. Would you donate a kidney? To a kitty. To cat. my cat? Jeez. If I, I know it sounds terrible if I say no, because I don't my cat wouldn't donate one to me. No. And I, I guarantee you that. I feel I, I don't feel like it's terrible to say that because if you're gonna donate a kidney, why not do it to like a six year old little Timmy or something who's Yeah, that's true. Wants just to play soccer next year. You All know? right, if you cats are listening, you're on your own. Yep, Sorry. Absolutely the cats yep. are on their own. On your own. <laughs> this is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show.
The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is out today. He'll be back uh, on Monday. Uh, boy, you 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 miss a little. You miss a lot, huh? Yeah. Over the break, in the last uh, few minutes, six minutes or so, Tucker Carlson has dropped a new episode of his Twitter show. And you know what it is? No. It, it's an interview with Devin Archer. Really? <laughs> Devin Archer, Hunter Biden's business associate. Now, we are working feverishly to go through it. It's about 12 minutes long. Uh and uh, we are working feverishly to get through some of the clips, okay? Yeah. Holy mackerel, is this not a huge get for a guy whose career was supposedly over because he got right. the boot uh, from Fox News? All right, so uh, I, got, I got one clip here that we can, we can play. Uh, again, Devin Archer is the uh, former business associate and uh, friend of Hunter Biden who has dropped the bombshell that, yeah, Joe was kind of involved in Hunter's business dealing. Well, of course he was. Yep. All right, here, here is the, uh, the first clip that I have turned around here. So you worked with Hunter Biden in a bunch of different businesses. Um, what were the, skill, the specific skills that he brought to clients? Well, at the end of the day, he, you know, he had a career in Washington, yep. uh, graduated Yale Law School, and had a very big network in, in D.C., and brought that know-how and understanding of dc and ultimately the biden brand the biden brand ultimately yeah we've heard a lot about the biden brand recently. yeah the biden brand you know yeah you nobody you know you got access to uh at the time the second most powerful man in the world the vice president at the time this is incredible i cannot wait to get to more of of this i mean we can just start rolling it if you want because I'm I'm incredibly interested. I know we well, got. I am now. We got a now couple I'm of really... guys going through this right now to turn around interviews here. But again, I'm from sucked Tuck- into it now. Yeah, from Tucker Carlson here. Uh, we'll just go ahead and try to pick this up here uh, as it rolls along. Um, uh, as soon as this computer decides to, you know, actually start working for me. Uh, do here we go. Is, um, what were the skill, the specific skills that he brought to clients? Well, at the end of the day, he, you know, he had a career in Washington, yep. uh, graduated Yale Law School and had a very big network in, in D.C. and brought that know-how and understanding of D.C. and ultimately the Biden brand. The know-how. So as far as I could tell, he wasn't doing legal work. I Correct. Mean, he wasn't in the counsel's office at Burisma, right? No, no. So the, the network and the Biden brand sounds like the the kind of key component of Absolutely, what yeah. he was bringing. Yep. Um, do you think that he would have been in those businesses, not having a business background, without his father being in a government position? It's hard to speculate in, in those regards. I mean, yeah. I think when we initially met and, uh, and he talked about his advisory business, his business that needed to transition from lobbying to advisory and the interest in private equity, it seemed... Uh, you know, it seems like a new and interesting network for us to expand our business. Um, whether he could have, you know, been in that position, it's it's hard for me to speculate. Right. But obviously, the brand of Biden, you know, adds a lot of power when you're dad's vice president. For sure. And there was a time maybe 10 years ago when private equity, maybe like AI now, was just one of those terms people were throwing out. I'm in private equity. Right. But the mechanics, having done it, coming right. from a business background yourself, are kind of complex. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's a complex business. Um, takes years of training. But again, the initial idea around the business, they were going to provide 
you know, the government insight and an additional network to raise capital and then, you know, deal with regulatory issues that you might have at the corporate level. Right. Regulatory issues. Exactly. Okay. So that would be more his area. Right. That would be his space. Right. But did he have a, a sophisticated understanding of regulation, do you think? Um, I think that he led a team that had had a, had a sophisticated. <laughs> 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 Again, this is Tucker Carlson interviewing That's Devin great. Archer, yeah. the uh, business associate of Hunter Biden. Um, wow, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, he led a team of people that knew it. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, of course, of course, the whole thing was that his last name was Biden, and even even the people in Ukraine who were uh, working with him at Burisma were saying, no, Hunter Biden's dumb, but the reason why we had him uh, on the board was because, well, he could give us access to the U.S. government, to the federal of government. Of course, of course. What yeah. All right, uh, we can air a little bit more of this. Uh, again, this is Tucker Carlson on Twitter, so... If you're on Twitter, you can check this out whenever you're around your phone or your computer. But I just find this fascinating right now. I lived in Washington a long time around a lot of regulation. Also a very complex area. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think there's, you know, you got to be an expert in knowing the guy. And he was the guy that was the expert in knowing the guy. He was an expert in knowing the guy. Right. And who was the guy he knew? Uh, well, he knew a lot of people, but obviously yep. there was some familiar, you know, some, his brother, his father, uh, yep. uh, some of his, his father's siblings. So he, he knew a lot of people. And, and obviously, I know you're pointing to, you know, the father being the key relationship. That's well, true. no, I, I'm just trying to get a sense of like, Washington's not a money town. Right. You know, people don't aren't in business in Washington for the right. most part. And most people don't have business skills that I've noticed in 30 years of living there. Um, so really, the business of Washington is is selling access. That's what it looked like to me. Yes. Not just Hunter Biden, but like. Yeah, no, that's I think that's, do. I mean, I think that's the, one of the like core misconceptions. I mean, it seems like when I, you know, understanding a regulatory environment means selling access at the end of the day. That, yeah. That's how I interpret it. And I think that's how most people on, you know, on Wall Street, whether they admit it or not, interpret it. Yeah. So we're going to, we've got a complex business that intersects with government. We need a guy who knows it. Right. How do I, you know, deal with getting a guy a visa that needs to come over for a business deal? Right. Call our lobbyist that knows the guy in DHS or used to work in DHS or, you know, in Customs and Border Patrol or the people at the embassy and state. They, they might be able to help. So there are very, like, tactical elements that are regulatory and compliance and governance that you have to go through. And you got to know the guy that right. worked at the old agency that now has a lobbying firm that can go back to the agency and you know, get get things put to the front of the line. So the reason I'm asking this is because it's not to give the Bidens a pass, right. hardly. But when people say, well, there's some question about whether Hunter was trading on his father's name. If you live in Washington, like that's the whole city right there. Right. I think you, you know the answer to that. At the end of the day, right. so he had the best advantage to do that because of where he was. And, you know, we thought that when we went into business, this was a great opportunity for us. Yeah, great opportunity. Well, to bring of course on Biden's you did. Kid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like the frankness oh, yeah. that, he, that he's just sitting there. And, it, it, you know, kind of apologetic, like, well, I mean, that's just kind of the way things are done. Everybody knows it. And I think to me... The story, yes, I think involves potential, and I think it's it's pretty well demonstrated, uh, uh, corruption on the part of Joe Biden. But the bigger story, taking a step back, that Tucker is getting to in this interview is that it's everybody <laughs> in Washington, D.C., the most powerful people in the nation's capital 
are all about doing favors for one another. It's not about you and me. It's not about a farmer in Iowa. It's not about anything else other than how can you benefit me. And that's it. Well, yeah. I mean, when I think about this, I think about my own personal crazy days at Top 40 Radio. Mm -hmm. Everybody knew what was going on. Everybody. Everybody knew that there were certain things being done to get people to play certain records, right? right? We knew. Everybody knew what was what was going on. Everybody did. Now, what, what what extent they played the game was totally up to them. But there were guys playing the game all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, and th- that's just the way. That was business. That's how it worked. I mean, and I think that's true in a lot of different businesses. But in this case, we're talking about government. We're talking about them actually creating things that are bad for you yes. because they get something in return. Yeah. I mean, it's filthy. It's yeah. so dirty. Well, They talk about draining the swamp. I don't know if that's possible. No, and I, I it's think... It's so entrenched now. Uh, well, I think I think what you got to do, and I know Trump has mentioned this, DeSantis has mentioned this, it's you get the administrative state, the deep state, whatever you want to call it, the, the all the departments that make up the federal government, you, you decentralize them. Yeah. Take them out of D.C. And it, it reminds me of uh, after Trump won the election in 2016. Uh, Chuck Todd on NBC News made a joke about how mainstream media, especially Washington and New York media, missed a lot of things about what the general uh, feeling was in America. Mm-hmm. And he had made the joke that, well, maybe we need to start having, you know, maybe NBC News needs to invest in a Des Moines bureau. And, you know, for him, it was this elitist sort of, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. But I'm sitting here going, yeah, you probably should. You should. I mean, I know you like the access and the proximity to power, but let's 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 dismantle that. Let's get all of these halls of power out of the Washington, D.C. area. But you're right. I don't know if it's possible. There are so many people entrenched in that. And they would have so many legal challenges being mounted against them. Oh, sure. I mean, it would be ridiculous. And and again, I don't know how I don't know how it, you could do it, but I'd be willing to try. Mm-hmm. I'd be willing to try. But also, these reporters and news people who circle around that area also have access to certain things. Yeah. If if you know, I mean, this is, folks, this is going on all the time. I mean, there's a reason that they're mouthpiece for the uh, for the uh, current administration. Yeah, they have access to people. They have access to people. They have access to things. They get to go to all the cool cocktail parties. Mm-hmm. They have access to whatever Congress critter they want, or senator, or whatever. They could do that. I mean, everybody's jockeying for position, but they they have the lead in that. Yeah, it's. I mean, it, it's scra- back scratching stuff, yeah. man. All right, there's a lot more to get to from this interview with Devin Archer, uh, and we'll bring you the updates on that and anything else that comes up. Um, And that's kind of the story to me right now is that Devin Archer has done this interview with Tucker Carlson. Yeah. Uh, We'll get some more highlights from that coming up in a minute. And uh, another news update, this is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robbins Show. The Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is out. He'll be back on Monday. Boy, we are going to be having to dig into this a lot. Uh, 
for the rest of the show today and, and a lot tomorrow. But Tucker Carlson has released a new episode of Tucker on Twitter, and and it is an interview with uh, with Devin Archer, the business associate of Hunter Biden, who testified in a closed door hearing in D.C. earlier this week. Now, there there's a, a lot of spin happening with Democrats right now. We've heard, uh, of course, oh, well, uh, they just talked about the weather. Joe Biden didn't even know who was on the line no. when, you know, Hunter would call him up and put him on speakerphone with all of the prospective investors and whatnot mm-hmm. trying to close the deal. Joe just didn't know. He just wanted to talk about the weather, right? Yeah. Well, Tucker gets to the heart of this with, with Devin Archer. And, and I want to say this. Devin Archer is not, it doesn't appear to be at least, going both barrels against the Bidens. He is kind of tiptoeing along a very fine line in describing what it is, perhaps because he'd be implicated in whatever happens with the Bidens. I don't know that. That's that's just speculation purely on my part. But also he was friends with, with Hunter, so, you know, probably still not willing to totally throw him under the bus, but this is remarkable. Uh, Tucker gets to the uh, heart of the issue here by saying, well, come on, Joe knew what was what was happening, right? Uh, you had to know, at least. I mean, he must have understood that, that that was kind of what his son was selling. Well, that's, I mean, it's hard for me to speculate on that. <laughs> but, like, I guess my question, just to keep it to the facts, Joe Biden, then the sitting vice president, knew that there were Hunter's business associates in the room. Yeah, I think I can I can definitively say at particular dinners or meetings, he knew there were business associates and he, you know, we or if I was there, I was a business associate, too. Um, So I think or if, you know, any of the other colleagues from the D.C. office or the New York office were there. So, yeah, at times there were from the, you know, to be, you know, completely clear on the calls. I don't know if it was an orchestrated call in or not. It certainly was powerful, though, because. You know, if you're sitting with a foreign business person and you hear the vice president's voice, that's prize enough. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's that's pretty impactful stuff for anyone. In it's the world. A- yeah, they, I don't know if they were orchestrated beforehand or whatnot. Yeah. Come on, man. <clears throat> he wants to say it, but he won't. Yeah, I just don't believe that that you would call your dad out of the blue and say, "Hey, by the way, I'm here with a uh, Chinese businessman. Why don't you say hello?" Right. No, I mean, Joe's waiting for the call. Everybody knows that, at least if you're willing to sort of step back and look at this uh, for what it is. <laughs> Man, it is. Uh, there are a few other clips I want to get to, uh, and we'll, we'll, if we have time, we'll get to uh, this. I do want to talk a little bit about the, uh, the Trump indictment because I'm, I'm loving the takes that I'm seeing come out because Trump's been indicted again, this time for uh, his claims of voter fraud and his uh, attempts to get uh, state legislatures and whatnot to, uh, to, to find fraudulent votes, rectify right. vote counts, et cetera, things like that. Um, Wolfie Goldberg on The View had a remarkable take, and it's I'll that bet. this is why people fought World War II. What? Yeah, listen what? to this. Really, this is really sad. This is, this is a really sad 
time in this country because I don't think anybody, even the oldest person in this room, can ever remember anything like this ever happening in the United States of America well, because we sent our, our, our grandfathers went to fight in World War I and World War II, great-grandfathers, to ensure this kind of thing did not happen here. Well, it's so the largest it's sad. Invest criminal investigation in U.S. history. Yeah, say that one more time. It's the largest criminal investigation in U.S. history. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine that? And now Trump yeah, is we're part of it. <laughs> I mean, it's, we're living it. It really is something. That makes no sense. That's not why anybody fought in World War II or World War, especially not World War One. What is it? Right. What does that even mean? Well, you're not talking about Rhodes Scholars here. No, you're not. Okay. No, but they are, they are ABC News anchors. Yeah, well, yeah, according to the official bio. Yeah, yes. they're, they're under the banner yeah. of ABC News. Yep. They're like, yes, yeah, so obviously this is why our, our grandfathers Father fought in World War II. World yes, II? of course. Ridiculous. Okay. This is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. Biggest story of the day just turned on a dime. Devin Archer did an interview with Tucker Carlson for the Tucker Carlson on Twitter show. Um, and we got a couple more clips to get to here uh, coming up in the next few minutes. Man, it is just, again, it's interesting how Devin Archer is not, does not come across to me at least as somebody who is uh, bitter about a falling out with Hunter Biden or the Bidens, no. doesn't come across as somebody particularly vengeful. He's just telling his story. Right. That's a, that, that to me tells me at least that there's a whole hell of a lot more that that guy knows or somebody else knows if you're trying to like walk that fine line when it comes to talking about the bidens we'll get to another clip of that coming up the markley van camp and robin show i'm david van camp there is scott robbins jamie markley is on special assignment we got the big trifecta coming up in just a few moments but man about half an hour ago Tucker Carlson just dropped a bit of a bombshell. He got an interview with Devin Archer, the business associate, former best friend of Hunter Biden. Who just got done with his big testimony in D.C. Right, about Joe Biden's involvement in Hunter's business. And yes. I, I think it's fascinating because Devin Archer is not, you know, he, he doesn't come across as somebody who is spiteful, who's going after the Bidens because of some rift that they had a few years ago. And, in fact, I think it's kind of treating this as respectfully as possible. And to me, the other fascinating part is that Tucker Carlson was the guy who got the interview with him. That it, it, it did, did CNN not even bother to call him or, like, what happened here? I don't know. It's remarkable that Tucker yeah. Carlson's, like, the one guy who said, hey, let's try to talk to Devin. I wonder if he'll speak to us. <laughs> but um, so the central question here with these phone calls that Joe Biden was in on, where Hunter Biden's having a business meeting, and then he calls up his dad uh, and puts him on speakerphone with all of these uh, clients. You've heard a lot of people on the left and in media saying, well, that was normal. I mean, we had, I mean, some disgusting takes that, well, Joe Biden wasn't going to hang up on his son because uh, Bo Biden had just passed away. Right. That's what he's, yeah. Just dumb. Whatever that means. Yeah. Okay. Everybody knows why Joe Biden was put on the line. It was to close the deal. It was, you know, the, hey, look, you need a, you need something figured out. My dad's the vice president. And the question is, how aware 
was Joe Biden about this? Was he in on this? Was this orchestrated? Now, Devin Archer says, I don't know if this was orchestrated ahead of time, but obviously, yes, this was a very powerful uh, way of conducting business because, well, if you can demonstrate that you're in good with the vice president, boy, a lot of people are very interested in doing business with you, especially people uh, from other countries are very, very interested in that. Um, And Tucker, I think, asked it in a very interesting way about the arrangement that Joe and Hunter had with these phone calls. I've got a lot of kids. I'm very close to them. Talk to them every day. Yeah. Never called them on speaker during a business meeting. That's weird. Hmm. You've got a lot of kids. You're close to them. Do you call them on speaker during business meetings? Um, do I call? <laughs> I mean, what is that? A grown man calling his dad on a speakerphone during a business right. meeting. And to be clear, sometimes it was the call was coming in and the speaker would go on. So it was, it's just the presence. You have to be, I mean, you're, you, you understand DC, right? So the power to have that access and that conversation, and it's not in a scheduled conference call and it's a part of your family. That's, that's like the pinnacle of, uh, of power in DC. A hundred percent. I guess I'm pivoting against the lie that I'm hearing people tell with a straight face. Congressman Goldman, for example, that we don't really know what was going on. Really? You're taking a call from the vice president and you put it on speaker. It's not just, hey, dad, I'm in a meeting with some buddies. Right. It's let me let me put my dad, the vice president, on speaker. Yeah. Yep. In the, in the rear view, it's uh, it's a it's an abuse of soft power, I'd say. <laughs> an abuse of soft power. Soft power. Yeah. So he takes So I think it's also significant that he says that sometimes the calls were coming in. Now. Do you really think that, let's say it's 8.30 at night, you know, your son's uh, out doing something. You really think that Joe just happened to be thinking of Hunter and called him in and said, hey, son, I really want to talk about the weather. Have you seen it? Have you seen the temperature right now in Des Moines? Man, it's frigid. I've been watching the weather channel. It's crazy. I've been watching the weather channel on a loop. and Man, oh, did you see there's also a tropical disturbance happening? Ain't right no now. damn good and well. What was going on? Of course, that stop me, playing games with this. I mean, this is ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, to me that that uh, without without explicitly saying it, that kind of confirms to me that yeah, there yeah. was an arrangement. That hey, Dad, you got to call me at eight forty-five or whatever. Yeah, you got to call me between eight forty-five yeah. and nine o'clock. I'm going to be with some people, and yeah. uh, I would love for them to hear your voice. A lot yeah. of people have done this. I've done this. I'm not necessarily proud of it, but I've. I've done this where maybe I'm going to a uh, a meeting that I don't really want to be a part of or mm-hmm. I'm at a party that I'm not I don't really want right. to go to and you tell a buddy of yours or somebody hey okay listen call me and if I say oh yeah I'm having a great time then just start yelling on the phone and yeah. I'll hang up and say oh my gosh I got to go right but if I say yeah I'm okay then you know I'm fine Right. We've all had the, the person, right, or not maybe not all of us, but a lot of us have had that person who's sort of your parachute. Well, yeah. I mean, when you got kids, it's an automatic get out of jail <laughs> right. free cut, right? Right, exactly. Uh, one of the kids, I just sit or just called. Kids yeah, are geez, sick. I got to go home. Daycare yeah. called. Yeah. Kids throwing up. What am up. I going to do? What am I going to do? Probably just one of those like two hour bugs. You That's know, it. Enough for me the... to go pick them up and uh, take them to McDonald's. Sorry, so I got I got to right. miss the uh, staff meeting today. Yeah, Boston. darn it. Yeah, darn Gosh, dang it. I really want to be there. Yeah. Really looking forward to, to to seeing what the fiscal year outlook was and no. and all of that. But yeah, dang, dang you mm-hmm. know, uh, come on, man. 
Everybody knows. Everybody knows. <laughs> this is so goofy. We're playing this game. I mean, everybody, the guy, Hunter Biden. And I thought it was interesting that the uh, the judge told him to get a job. He doesn't. He doesn't have any idea what a job, no. what a real job even is. Oh no, never he had one. If it's not selling access to his dad, no, that's, then what does what, he have? That was his job. All right, that was his full time job. And yeah, you can't. You'll never be able to convince me that Joe didn't benefit from it. Yeah. I mean, how no, did Joe become a multimillionaire? Well, we know that, too, but it's just all these things. And, and again, the broader story, aside from the here and now immediacy of it, um, with regards to the current sitting president, is really hearing Devin Archer describe that this is just how Washington works. I mean, yeah. we all know that, but it's it's interesting to me to hear somebody on the inside absolutely say, yeah, a lot of, a lot of deals get done because, well, people are looking out for themselves. That's right. Uh, it's not about you, the taxpayer. No. You know, if you benefit, great, whatever. But really, the goal is to make sure that uh, contracts get signed. It's never really and, been about you. No. Yeah, that I, I get to pad my bank account. Yes. And that, that's, that's what it's all about, always. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's a real shame that this is where we are in this country. All right, you ready for your big trifecta? Yeah, let's do all it. All right, man. Let's here go. we go. Are you ready? One, two, three. Oh, it's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. All right, it's the trifecta. Top three stories of the day according to Scott Robbins. We counted down three to one the way Casey Kasem taught us. Of course, Casey Kasem usually along for the ride, but he vacations with Jamie Markley. Either that or he just doesn't like me. I don't know. We did have a, a rough falling out a few years ago. So anyway, uh, we'll start at number three. Uh, Scott, number three, Corey Bush, far left representative out of St. Louis, uh, just got called out. And it's a fascinating story. It really is. Uh, it's not every day you run across a story like this either. But a, uh, this man tweeted out to Corey Bush after she tweeted about being unhoused and babbled on about introducing some socialist Marxist nonsense about the unhoused Bill of Rights. Now, she's run this up to flagpole before, and it got no traction, but she wants to do it again because uh, America is evil and racist. We know, we know that. So Corey tweeted out, I know what it's like to be unhoused. I once lived in my car with my two kids. No one should have to experience that. That's why I've reintroduced the unhoused Bill of Rights. Okay. Well, just so happens, a guy by the name of uh, Jimmy Swanson tweeted back, hey, you once lived in my parents' home in Hazelwood, Missouri. You stopped paying rent for almost two years. It was a conservative Christian Army serviceman that helped you for quite some time. Do you ever talk about that, or have have you ever thanked my dad for his charitable support? Crickets on the other end. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy wanted to text back, wanted to, to send another tweet out saying, hey, I just called my dad. I stand corrected. It was only one year. My dad pulled out the rental contract. And a notice to vacate to confirm. It was the longest year of my family's life. He was a single homeowner who was on duty and ordered to Maryland, causing my family to rent their first home. It was terrible. My dad wanted to keep you in that house until your kids were out of school. And he did. You didn't pay a dime for it. Wow. Now, Corey Bush has not responded to this yet. By the way, white guy, military guy, he owned a piece of property, one house, that he was renting out. Mm-hmm. And it was to her, and she just didn't bother to pay the rent. Oh, well. And he didn't boot her out, by the way. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, in that case, then it's got to, uh, you know, the, that that's just going to 
be chalked up to reparations then. It, it is something, though. Uh, they create and fabricate these wild stories with absolutely no basis in fact at all. Yeah. And and then they're, they're, it's all everybody's out to get her. She's ra- Everybody's racist. Everybody's this. Yeah. And this guy helped her and her family. Didn't she didn't pay any rent for a year? Mm-hmm. Well, and now she's in Congress. I, I know. Interesting. <laughs> That's how that works too. It's wild, man. Yeah. That Don't ever does. tell me that people can't find a way to get ahead in life. Well, if she can, can do it, anyone can. Anybody do it. can. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I agree. Uh, all right, it's the trifecta top three stories of the day, according to Scott Robbins, down to number two leprosy cases on the rise in Florida. Golly, man. The uh, Journal for uh, Emerging Infectious Diseases, I get the swimsuit edition, <laughs> reported that cases of leprosy are on the rise in Florida, particularly central Florida, which represents an endemic location for leprosy. Yikes, man. Travel to this area, even in the absence of other risk factors, should prompt consideration of leprosy and the appropriate clinical context. Contrary to headlines in the multiple news outlets, the CDC, though, has not issued a travel advisory for Florida. Emerging Infectious Diseases is published by the CDC, but the authors are not affiliated with the CDC. They act on their own. Mm. So everybody jumped the gun and assumed the CDC was issuing a travel advisory. They weren't. Mm. But there is leprosy rearing its head again somewhere in Florida. Yeah, it's usually uh, because of armadillos, right? I, I think that's Armadillos right. Armadillos yeah. carry leprosy. Leprosy. And, I, and yeah. so I, I know there are certain regions of Gulf Coast states where armadillos are. Um, it's kind of like in central Florida. I remember a story a few years ago where they said it was basically endemic. It was it was dug in. Leprosy was there to stay, Scott. They say that uh, it, uh, it spreads easily, but treatment is very effective in stopping yeah. it. Yeah, it's not. we're not talking biblical, you know, Le- leper colonies and that sort of thing yeah. right yeah we've we've got we've got treatments for it but i i, I would like to avoid getting leprosy i'll tell you that. Yeah, i would too yeah <laughs> yeah i'm not sitting here going sign me up for leprosy but... i mean it's something i've never thought about getting but now that i am thinking about it no i don't want it <laughs> yeah been thinking about getting leprosy, leprosy? <laughs> <laughs> call the doctor's offices of mark lee van camp and robin stop before you wish yeah. um, <laughs> all right it's the trifecta top three stories of the day according to scott robbins uh down to number one you want to talk about what the washington post had to say about special counsel jack smith after he yeah. indicted donald trump again well now that trump has been indicted on charges related to january 6th CNN might need a cold shower after reading the Washington Post story about Smith and what he's done. Washington Post story starts this way. And again, this guy's the prosecutor, David, correct? Yeah. Jack Smith, 54, who has completed more than 100 triathlons, is leading the federal investigation of Donald Trump, who's been indicted. (laughs) <laughs> what, the, what, what is happening? What does the triathlon have to do with anything? I mean, that's impressive. They but... want you to know that Jack Smith has has completed more than 100 triathlons. That's you know what, man. I I, I want we need to get our our voice guy to cut new liners, okay, for for this show because I want to be introduced as David Van Camp, who has eaten approximately 2,000 pounds of Taco Bell in his life. <laughs> Is also a radio show host. I'm so happy to know that about Jack Smith. <laughs> Scott Robbins, who has 103 Funko Pop dolls. Pops, yes, in his collection. 
Golly, man. Golly. What the hell does that have to do with anything? I, he's a tough guy, see? He's he's a bad boy. He can under, under triathlons, this guy. <laughs> Jamie Markley, who drives a Toyota but still thinks yeah. that loudness is the greatest Japanese export. Of all time. Of all time. Is also hosting this show. Yes. I like that. I, I like the idea of just giving that sort of non sequitur. Just random yeah, little, facts. Little, yeah, right. Scott Robbins, who's wearing a Baltimore Orioles uh, uh, hat today. Yeah, very rare that I yeah. wear the Orioles hat, but I have yeah, them all, well, you know. I mean, so there you go. I can't believe you still wear it because Major League Baseball hates you so damn much. Yeah, I know. But, Everybody you know, reminds me every day of that. By good. The way. Keep reminding Scott <laughs> that Major League Baseball hates his freaking guts. That's the trifecta. We got a news update on the way. Wow. Also, Nimrod's in the news. This is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. The Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins, Jamie Mark Lee on special assignment. Uh, don't have a lot of time left here to get into the details here, but uh, Devin Archer has done an interview with Tucker Carlson, and this is just part one that we've been going over for the last hour or so. Uh, there will be another one dropping, evidently, in the next day or two. Um, Devin Archer being Hunter Biden's business associate, former like best friend. In less than an hour, this interview on Twitter has got almost a million views. Now, the way that Twitter captures views is basically you watch a certain amount of it and then it's done. So I, I'm not saying that almost a million people have watched the whole thing. But yeah. even if it's like 10% of it, within one hour, he's amassing that amount. I mean, this thing, and, and every time I refresh the page, it's more and more views, more and more eyeballs on this right. thing. I, I hope this this really does manage to reach a lot of people. I think what Tucker's trying on Twitter is a fascinating thing because it is the ultimate cutting through of mainstream media. It's just, here's the interview. You judge for yourself if you want to watch it, if you want to listen to it, whatever. Uh, you get to decide what your takeaway is from it. I, I think this is really interesting. Can't wait to see what else uh, he got out of this guy. All right, it's time for uh, Nimrod's in the News. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Ian. It's Nimrods in the News on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I love the poorly educated. All right, a uh, 21-year-old man in Mississippi escaped from a correctional facility last August. He was doing a seven-year sentence for aggravated assault. He was going to be released uh, last December, but after he fled the prison... He broke into a nearby home and held three people at gunpoint for hours. Then he stole a car from one of the hostages and crashed it. They rearrested him. Uh, now he's been sentenced to more than 40 years Idiot. after escaping. There you go. Now, there you go. All right. Th that's Nimrod's in the news.